I just wanted to talk for a few minutes about God. What's he actually like? One of the biggest questions that people are asking is not usually, is there a God? Most people, statistics still tell us, most people believe in a God of some kind or another. The real question, although perhaps that isn't as often or publicly debated, is what is that God like? Who is he? And we have different ideas probably in our minds because of our experience in life or what we've read or heard or seen. Some people picture God as the stern headmaster, the the headmaster of yesteryear, whose presence you would be anxious to be in, even if you hadn't done anything wrong, because he seemed to delight in picking up the slightest fault, seemed to take pleasure in pointing out where you hadn't quite made it, where you'd got it wrong. The person who would... uh, in whose presence you felt you could never be good enough. And sometimes people think of God like that. That if he's there, you wouldn't want to get close to him because he'd be delighted to point out the things that you already know are wrong with your life. You wouldn't get too close for fear of the whipping you might get should you find yourself within reach. Others picture God at the other end of that spectrum, like the jolly old man in Only Fools and Horses, revealing my age, or the grandfather in uh, the sitcom Outnumbered, for those of you slightly younger at heart. Uh, A kind of jolly person, but totally inept. If there is a God, then he's, he, he's totally out of control, or, or this world is totally out of control, and, and he's clueless about that. Or, or even if he isn't clueless, he's powerless to do anything about it. A God that's so removed from here and now that it, that it bears no resemblance or relationship to my life. What has that kind of God got to do with uh, me? Others think of God, of course, as much less personal kind of force or a power of some kind or another. Jesus told a story to cut through all the questions. Jesus told a story to to try and draw out as simply and yet powerfully what God is really like. And we heard that story a few moments ago. Jesus tells a story of a father who loves his son. He loved his son so much that he watched as his son left home and ended up with his life down the pan, literally, so to speak. It's a story about a father who loved his son so much that he waited many weeks, months, years, decades even, for his son to eventually come home. It's a story about a a father who loved his son so much that even though he'd wasted all his money and squandered his life and disgraced the family, a father that welcomed him home, who loved him that much. And Jesus says at the end of it effectively, God is like this father. God is like this father. I want you just for a moment, and it's really hard, because our experiences in life and the things that we've been told speak so strongly into us. I want you to suspend for a moment maybe some of your thoughts about God. And just allow what Jesus said, the story that Jesus told, to paint or create a picture for you. Because Jesus said, this is what God is like. 
Let's look at the story. Maybe you still have it open with you from uh, the Bible where it was read. Uh, uh, that might be helpful as, as you go. Jesus begins with a father that watched. A father watched. There was, verse 11, a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Most people back then, like now, had to wait for their parents to die to get the inheritance. But this son is so arrogant, so cocky that he wants it now. I can't wait until you're gone. I need it now. He wanted to do his own thing and he couldn't wait. I'll do that now. And he left home. His father loved him and taught him everything that that boy had had come from his father. But now his son was off, chomping at the bit. His son was off, straining at the leash of his father's love. What could his father do? Many parents have stood in this moment of huge anxiety. What could his father do? Force him to stay? Well, maybe. He could, but no. This father wanted so much more. This father wanted his son's heart. Tragically, we might say, this father loved his son so much that he was willing to let him go. Not long after that, verse 13, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth uh, in wild living. God has loved each of us like that, the Bible tells us. He could force us, he could compel us, he could imprison us only to do what he wanted. He could have made us robots without any choice or emotion or decision in our lives. He could make us stay. But that's not love, and the Bible says God is love. God wants so much more than robots or people that he's forced to do something. He wants something so much deeper, so richer. God's loved all of us enough to watch us leave. And like that son, the Bible says, we've all left home. We've all gone our own way. We've all decided that that we know best. We'll do our own thing. Thank you. And we'll do it now. Could we have our inheritance right away? Because we're choosing to live as we choose. We were meant to live with God. We were meant to live where we've always belonged. That was our home. And yet we too, like this young man, have left. To do our own thing, to go our own way, to live no longer at home. And just as the father with grief in his heart in this story watched this young man leave, knowing the choices he would make, knowing how he would squander his money, knowing the heartache that would ensue, so our father in heaven has watched with grief in his heart over the decisions, the choices, the journey every single one of us has made. Maybe you've never given him a second thought. Then today we need to know that there is a Father in heaven who has been watching every single day of our lives and longing for us to have come home. 
It might have been good for a while, sure it was for this young man, but not long after that, after he'd set off for this distant country, he found himself having spent everything, didn't know what to do, didn't know which way to turn. He ended up being hired out in a pig farm to look after the pigs. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. Verse 16, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. There wasn't a picture that Jesus could paint of a man living a lower life than that. As Jews, pigs were the last animals you'd want to be with, but to have a job feeding them was a a job for a terribly low slave. But more than that, you're that desperate, you would eat this very food that the, the pigs are being fed with. Everything has been lost. And maybe sometimes in your life you felt a little bit like that man. That everything you've ever chased just hasn't turned out right. Not another thing. And you list a catalogue of things about your life that you wish were different. You set out on the life that you thought would be so good, and yet it's run aground somewhere. On the rocks of disappointment or failure. A relationship you believed in that didn't work out. A sadness in your family. A career that never happened. A sickness. A death. A something. And suddenly you ended up like this man. With nowhere to go feeling like there's no one with you, sensing there's no way out. A place where you never imagined. And it's awful. And it's awful. So there he is, it couldn't get any worse. And there have been times when I've been there and you've been there. And maybe you're there now this morning. Maybe that's the only reason you're here, is because this morning you've come to a place in your life where you know things have run aground. You never imagined you'd be here and suddenly you are in this awful set of circumstances, whatever they might be, and you feel like you've lost everything. It was in such a crisis that this man came to his senses. That this man suddenly woke up to something that had always been true, but he hadn't realized it at all. And maybe the only good thing about where you are in your life right now is it creates a challenge, an opportunity for us, for me, for you, to come to our senses, to wake up to what's actually going on, to discover a few things that perhaps have always been true that we've never understood. And he began to, he began to think to himself what he always knew. My life does not need to be like this. I have a home. I have a father. There was a place for me. He knew that even the lower slaves in his father's farm didn't have to live like he was living. He knew that there was so much more. And instinctively there are times in our lives when we wake up to the reality that there must be something more than this. When I weep with a husband who's just lost his wife, Something inside me cries that there is so, so meant to be more to life than this. We pray by the bedside of a person who's sick, a child who's ill, 
Or listen to the trauma of someone's past, the pain of a shattered relationship, the the struggle to believe in ourselves, the stranglehold of guilt, whatever it must be, something deep inside cries, there must be more. This is not what we were made for. This is not how we were meant to be. This man knew it could be different. And I invite you to just gently open your eyes wherever you are in your life right now and to know deep within you that there must be something more than this. He longed for home. In a way he'd never longed for home in many years. He longed for home where he was at peace with himself. He longed for home where he knew he would be safe and where he could belong, where he used to belong. He longed to be home with the love of the Father. And what he was about to discover is what we all need to discover. And that's that there's a Father who waits. A Father who waits. The trouble was for this man, he wasn't so sure. Can you imagine the turmoil in his heart about whether he dare go home? If he was to head for home, would his nameplate still be on the bedroom door? If he was to head for home, would his mug and cup and plate and spoon and saucer still be by the kitchen sink? If he was to head for home after all these years, after all he's done, after all he's been through, would there be a welcome in the courtyard, in the live, anywhere, living room, would someone welcome? Would anyone care after all these years? A father waits. And I think it's the same so often for us. We would in our lives have come home to God years ago. If only we knew what God was like. But instead we're troubled. What if I go home only to discover that God is like that headmaster? I wish I never would have gone. What if I go home and discover that God is like some ridiculous old man where everything is out of control and he cannot fix the pain in my life. I cannot live these days hoping to get home and to find a rescue only to discover there is no rescuer. There is no someone that can help me and save me. But what if? But what if the father in this story is the God who still waits for you? And me today. You see, the Father waits because love never gives up. There is always a light left on in the home for you. So this man takes courage. And some of us have not yet been ready to take that courage and decide to head for home. Listen to his story. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. What an amazingly courageous thing to do. Imagine him every day as he makes the long trek home, rehearsing his speech, 
Every morning he wakes up wondering if his father will welcome. Father, I've sinned. I know I'm no longer worthy to be your... Uh, as the day goes on, a little bit of hope wells up in his heart that his father might be generous towards him at least. At least allow him a meal, a change of clothes, maybe to work on his land. Uh, and then the cycle, the next day he wakes up. Oh, I wonder what my father... Father, I've sinned. And he, he's making his way home day after day. Years have gone by. The old man is grey. There are wrinkles all across his face. He walks with a little bit of a stagger now. But still the old man is waiting with fading eyes, looking for his son. While his son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him and ran to his son. It was utterly undignified for a Middle Eastern man to hitch up his robe and to run. But nothing mattered. He longed to reach this boy. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. A father welcomes because love is always ready to embrace and then there's a great party a great celebration it's an awesome moment the son says to the father in in verse 21 uh, all his prepared speech father i i've sinned against heaven and against you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son but it's almost as if the father interrupts the speech no time for your speech The father says, quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, bring the fattened calf, kill it, let's have a feast and celebrate. Why? For this son of mine was dead, but is now alive. This son of mine was lost, but now he's found. Just a glimpse of the welcome that is waiting for you. Just a glimpse of the welcome that is waiting for you. I don't know anyone who wouldn't head for home today if they knew that that was the welcome that Father God had for them. There's only one way to find out, though. In this room is the testimony of hundreds of people who've headed for home and discovered it to be true. Discovered against all the odds, against all the mistakes, all the failures, all the wrong terms, all the wrong turns, all the mess that we'd made of our lives. Discovered the welcome of which these verses speak. That man could have spent the rest of his days wishing, wanting, wondering what it would have been like if he was to head for home. Are you still living away? Something in your heart its lighting up, even as I speak this morning. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit just speaking to our hearts. Suddenly you're feeling more in tune with what I'm saying than you thought you would. Are you living away from home today? Have you thought it's not possible to head for home because you've blown it? Jesus tells this story of a man who's blown it so much he's in with the pigs. He couldn't have expressed it deeper or wider or greater. This man had messed up in every way. But he headed for home. It doesn't have to be like this. You can head for home towards a God who loved you enough to watch you leave. Some of us know what it is to watch our children leave. The good things. How hard is that? The Father in heaven watched us leave to the ruin that we've created for the world in which we live. How his heart breaks. A God who's loved you enough to wait patiently, quietly 
for your return. Wanting you to choose, not to force, to manipulate a gentleman of gentlemen, waiting, open-armed, inviting, who loves you enough to give you a welcome that you wouldn't believe. You say, how do I go home? How do I go home? How do I leave this place and, and make that journey back to God? It's ever so simple, but sometimes quite hard. Ever so simple, but sometimes quite hard. For that son, he needed to come to his senses. He needed to come to the end of himself. He needed to understand that there was nothing more he could do to fix his life or the mess that he created. That's what God asks of us. To recognize that we cannot fix ourselves. To recognize that the things that are wrong in us, we can't wipe away, we can't sort out, we can't fix. We're just guilty of things. We've just failed. We've made mistakes. Uh, We've just got to say we can't fix it. He came to his senses. There's nothing I can do about this. All I can do is go back to my father and ask for help. That's all you need to do today. The Bible says as we make one step towards God, he comes running towards us. Watch you don't get knocked over in the speed with which he comes to you. Such is the welcome. Such is the longing. How sad it would be for that man to live the whole of his life feeding pigs when that kind of welcome was on offer. Do you know what? We live in a world where people spend their lives feeding the pigs in that sense. When this kind of welcome is on offer. And do you know what? Today, your name is on the door. Today, your bowl and plate are on the table. Today, your muck is by the sink. You coming home? You coming home? For God's sake, for your sake, come home.